This is the official Celtic FC podcast. Scotland's call-up is a moment though where everything does change for yourself. Playing against Romania on your debut and you sustain an injury which keeps you out for the next three years. How how difficult a moment was that for you, particularly given the way that your career had been moving in the weeks and the months prior to that? Yeah, it was it was a tough one. Um, you know, I still remember it very clearly in terms of yeah, the game yeah. itself. So, um, so even in the game itself, end up playing on the left side again. I think it was because Bertie Votes had been at the, at the game and seen me playing there, obviously, in the weekend against Rangers. And the way the game started, I ended up playing on the left side. <clears throat> and um, I remember the tackle. I remember just kind of coming in. I remember at the time thinking something's happened here. and You almost go into a wee bit of state of shock when you get such a bad injury. Um, and again, just being, being me, I remember saying to the fizzle, just get me up, get me up type of thing. And they were kind of tentative. And I remember kind of pulling myself on my... Uh, up on my feet a little bit and I remember the first step I took I just remember my whole leg buckling like, uh, and I thought my knee was my, my leg was broke so I remember seeing the physical, my shin snapped I remember seeing my kind of leg just shift outside um, and I remember seeing my shin snapped my shin snapped and they were like just sit down and then the stretcher came obviously went to hospital um, at the time then they were then talking a bit around you know we're a bit concerned about your knee ligaments and everything else but you know, we can't really do anything at the moment till tomorrow when you can get scanned and, and all these type of things. And again, when you're young, you think you're untouchable. You know, you kind of can, on the crest of this wave, everything's going in the right direction. You know, you feel untouchable, but again, it's it's a life lesson that, you know, mm. can come crashing down any any given moment. And that was the case for me. And it's, it's something that I still use in a kind of, in a coaching capacity at, at times, you know, in kind of my experience. Um, is you know take nothing for granted ever you know in terms of what you've got make the most of it you know on any given day every game you know you just got to maximise your career because it can change in the flick of a switch um, and and that's what happened really you know I, I tried to come back and had moments you know through that period but you know couldn't quite get back to where I, I knew I could have been um, and at the same time you I was always kind of in a fight and in a struggle to try and keep myself going. Um, but through that period was that was the, the initial period was probably toughest because I went from a period of you know making my debut, you know playing in, in Barcelona, playing at Ibrox, um, then all of a sudden everything's taken away from you and you're sitting literally in the hands of the doctors. You know in terms of uh, Roddy McDonald who was here at the time, we kind of visited the hospital the following day, got some scans, and basically the doctor in Glasgow time. Uh, at the time, his his words were basically, "I've never seen anything like this." Um, it was just such a kind of horrific injury, um, and basically everything in my knee, pretty much other, other than my kind of medial ligament, had just been obliterated, just snapped to pieces. So, literally, when I took a step on the pitch, it then transpired there was nothing holding my knee together, so my whole knee just dislocated at that point because it was it was in pieces. So, um, and he advised us at the time, "Look, you're probably best going to America or somewhere who's used to dealing with more, you know." bigger injuries um, so we did that to be fair the club were terrific in that respect they wanted to you know support us and give us the best possible chance you know we we went out to America we uh, you know spent I think the first time I was there I was around six weeks I was spent out there um, and the doctor out there Richard Stedman was, was an unbelievable guy you know terrific doctor 
Um, and he was a guy who dealt with a lot of the, the NFL injuries and, and everything else. And I remember him saying it as well. At the time, it was, you know, you only really see this injury in, in two cases, one being NFL when there's a total wipeout on somebody's standing leg and a car crash. That's, wow. you know, that's that's how severe your injury is. And, and at that time, he never gave us, you know, uh, very clear, you'll definitely play again, but he gave us a chance. He gave me a chance. He said, we're going to kind of do this. And in three stages, we're kind of, we can't do it all at once. It's, it's too much. So we'll kind of get your knees settled down over the next two or three weeks. We'll bring you into theatre. We'll do some of the work and we'll investigate while we're in there. But it's going to probably take two or three blocks to kind of re repiece everything together. Um, and remember that point. So the, the most difficult part was up till that period, but it was unknown, you know, in terms of, that whole time, all you can think about is I'm done. I'm never going to play for Celtic again. I'm I'm don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to play football again. Um, your whole family going they're in the in and it with you because as much as they're you know crying tears of joy and being proud of you sitting at Celtic Park when you make a debut, on the flip side of that when it goes the other way, they're also the ones who probably take it you know as bad if not worse than yourself. Um, so it was very much one where as soon as I was given that. You know, bit of hope that was all I needed. You know, it was, and it kind of set me back on track. So the period, probably about a month, where it was head was scrambled, really unclear on what I was going to do, to a point where the the surgeon says we'll do this, this, and this, and that will kind of take you along the path to recovery. Uh, and at that point, just something clicked in me saying, right, I'm fine with that. As long as I've got a bit of hope, I'll kind of I'll, I'll tackle it kind of head on. And and that's what we did. It was a long time. You know, as you said, it was it was three years between playing games. Um, several setbacks um, along the way but you know we eventually got there and my whole drive the whole time was that feeling of, almost like my debut in a way going back to walking out Celtic Park that was that was my drive um, the whole time so when I was in the gym when I was running a treadmill you know at times I would go out uh, running in the woods during breaks we had and stuff as well the whole time all, all I pictured all the time was, was walking back out Celtic Park I think that's remarkable that you had that drive and that determination to come back and to come back as well and to play again for Celtic is, is such a remarkable achievement in itself. And I mean, you spoke about moments there during those three years. Were there dark times during that period? Were there moments where you thought about just not even trying again? Um, not so much not trying again. There was just moments where I felt like you kind of lose control a little bit, mm. you know, where you... When things are in your control, you can kind of manipulate it and, and make it go in the direction you want. There's just some things you don't have control of. So with my knees in the state it's in, the only person that can really help it is the doctor. You know, I can do the rehab and I can do all the exercise he wants, but if he goes in on any given surgery and comes out and says, I can't fix this, there's literally nothing I can do. So um, each time that happened in terms of, you know, he's very very positive guy, you know, always seen the kind of, he was a kind of glass half full type of guy who would see the positive in it. Um, so any, every time he gave me hope, I knew I had something to cling on to, to, to drive me forward again. And during the period, again, the first period was probably the worst. And probably two moments. One was the first period, again, going from being a young guy, inexperienced, you know, thinking, you know, everything's on the rise to come crashing down, you know, and it's, it's a hell of a crash. Um, but that real uncertain period of not knowing if you're ever going to play again, um, that was that was the worst. And I could see it in my family. I could see it, you know, people around me were were hurting as well, which wasn't easy. Um, 
but that was fine. Once we got over that, we kind of attacked everything. And then there was another period where I'd come back to training. So we'd had some surgeries, went through a few blocks um, of rehabilitation. And I came back into training. And on the second day back in, I remember it was, it was actually, I remember the moment. It was two moments once kind of balls come up to the player. He's kind of went to go around the kind of corner and I've went to push him and I just felt a, a shift in my knee. It was almost like just a thud, you know. And I thought, mm, that doesn't feel right. Um, but it was one of those you kind of, you didn't want to show any sign of weakness as such, even though it's silly to say that. Um, so I kind of carried on. I remember that exercise was a possession. We finished very quickly and went into, um, into game straight after it. And uh, I was actually playing against Chris Sutton at the time. I remember the same thing happened where he just kind of moved off to the side. And as he moved off to the side, I went to push and I literally just collapsed on the ground. And it wasn't painful. It was just obviously my part of my knee just giving way again. And this was two days into my, my kind of return to training. Um, and like there was no pain in that. So I literally stepped back up and I remember walking straight off the pitch to Roddy, who was a doc at the time, and just went my knees away. He's like, what? I says, my knees just went. I says, that's shifted on me twice. And the second time, I've just it's just folded under me. He's like, right, okay. So again, it was more trips to America. Uh, it was more rehab. Again, I was given more hope. The, the second time going back, or the, this next part of it was probably the toughest because at that point, the doctor was saying, like, what we've done so far isn't working. It's not going to work because where all the damage is, it's on the outside of your leg. Naturally, you know, male athletes are kind of slightly bow-legged a lot of stress is going on that side nothing's you know holding and healing the way it should um but again he had another solution we're going to kind of reconstruct your leg what do you mean reconstruct your leg we're basically going to straighten your whole leg we're going to break your shin we're going to realign your leg we're going to reconstruct your ligaments um and this is the best way to do it and it seemed an awful lot and it is an awful lot um but again it was just a case of right do it just do it and it gives me Again, there's a moment of hope there, yeah. and that, that's all I needed. So that was probably the toughest period because you'd went through a, a long period of surgeries and, and rehabs. You lasted two days, and all of a sudden it was gone. And every every moment of setback, it just kind of, the kind of, the hope was diminishing a little bit. And I knew the more setbacks I'd get, the less likelihood it was I was going to come back. But anyway, we worked out. Uh, we got back, and you know the. The kind of comeback game was was that game at uh, Rugby Park, which we won the league. So yeah. it's, a, it's a bit of a story. Yeah. So. Let's touch on your playing career, Neil, because we're talking about the Champions League and Celtic's Champions League journey begins with yourself as a player. I always feel like the kind of European journey of Celtic can be split up into two: the sixties, seventies, eighties, and then you've got that twenty-first century yeah. period. Which begins in Amsterdam and mm. Ajax. You were there. I've actually got your stats here as a player, Neil. That over your seven years, I think you only missed two games in in Europe as a player. And I think for both of those games, it was one pretty convincing. I think Sadeva was yeah, one. Yeah, it was one eight one, and then kind of rested in the next one. So uh -huh. you were there for every single one of these big moments over these next seven years. But starting off with that night in Amsterdam, we go over there to Ajax in the Champions League qualifiers. And we win 3-1 and eventually qualify for the group stages. Did you feel how seismic a result that was at that time? Um, more the performance. You know, it was a seismic performance. Because um, we played brilliant. And uh, everyone was just on on point. Um, 
but you know we just I mean we just it could have been more you know and Henrik and Sotty as a front two then you know a gap was on yeah. fire Bobby Pettit was on fire talking about flyers you know yeah. and I, I just had you know to sit in the midfield and you know <laughs> my job basically right was to get the ball and <laughs> give it to him give it to him and if he gives it away Lenny get the ball back and then give it to him again right <laughs> is this Martin saying that to you yeah that yeah. was my job you know yeah. I'll give you a story right you like this one we're playing my first ever game at Ibrox. We'd already won the league. We'd won the League Cup. We're going to the Cup final. And uh, we're playing, it's after the split, you know, and um, we're playing Rangers. We're a really strong team, you know, the great players. And we come in 0 0 at half time, but they're well on top. And he always came to me first if things were going wrong. And he go, Right, Lenny, what's going on out there? I says, Well, we're getting outnumbered in midfield. You know, myself and Paul, um, you know, he's not doing his work. Who? Well, he asked me, Lubo. <laughs> he said, oh, is that right? <laughs> I said, I'll tell you what to do, Lenny, right? You and Paul, right? This is a Champions League winner, Paul Lambert. You run and tackle and get the ball to him. And he always repeated himself, run and tackle and get the ball to him, right? <laughs> so we were walking down the tunnel and Lubo's in front of us. And that, me and Lam were going, lazy little get. <laughs> 15 minutes into the second half, 2-0 to us. Guess, <laughs> guess who scored both? <laughs> Lubo. Yeah, Lubo. And you're coming off going, that's good management. Yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> the job. Brilliant. So, yeah, that was my role. And uh, playing with these great players. And, um, yeah, it was a seismic win for us. And then, you know, we had the... It was very tense here in the in the second game. We lost at 1-0. Mm -hmm. and uh, But Ajax were a fantastic team. So it was no disgrace in that. But then to get into the groups, that's when everything becomes exciting then mm. you know the hard work is getting through the qualification stage the group stage when you're in it you can enjoy it like you know and our first year we had nine points and, and didn't still didn't that, qualify I know that's one that really sticks in your craw because you always go back to the first game away at yeah. Juventus and the Amoruso penalty you know yeah, Martin went wild and well he was one. right though yeah. because well if you had VAR you never know what VAR these days yeah. but <laughs> everyone could see it wasn't a penalty you know and we'd fought back from 2-0 down in Turin the 2-2 two -two and looking like the team that was going to win it, never mind lose it. And then just an innocuous ball into the box and the referee give a penalty. And yeah, that cost us in the long run, you know. Clearly you'd have been dejected at the end of that game full time in the dressing room because like you say, we, we looked like the, the team that were going to win it. Uh -huh. And we get robbed, let's be honest, we get robbed right at the death. Martin obviously has the famous interview after it where he's shocking, shocking constantly. What was Martin like in those moments? Oh, you, you couldn't console him, like. Yeah. I mean, he felt the defeats more than anybody, you know, but particularly in the manner that happened, you know, he was inconsolable. And he was right, though, um, because it was a awful decision and we had sort of played so well. I mean, you have to remember that Del Piero, mm. Trezeguet, you know, mm. I can't remember, Cannavaro was there at the time and, you know, all these great, so, Edgar Davids. So the come back from 2-0 down away from home and you're thinking what a point this will be yeah. and he's thinking the same and he's so proud of the team and the, the fans and the club and the way we've you know held ourselves and then you get done by a, a shocking decision like that and it just you know yeah you wouldn't speak to him like for maybe the next day you know he wouldn't he'd, his head would be down he'd be frustrated angry um, 
all those emotions that you would have as a manager. Mm-hmm. But then we had that famous night in the reverse game against yeah. Juventus in the, the last game. I think it was Halloween night, wasn't yeah. it? And we would defeat them 4-3. And uh, that must have been a pretty pretty special game. And I imagine as well, as much as we didn't get through, a result like that must have given the team confidence in going into the next season. Yeah, so. but we had the confidence. You know, okay. we didn't like think... You know, we would, who did we play? Porto Rosenberg and, uh, yeah, and Juventus. Yeah. yeah, we just let ourselves down a couple of games. Porto away and and Rosenberg away, but the rest of the other four games we were excellently. You know, and mm. it, it was our first year. And like I said, to have nine points and not qualify, this is a real sore one. Like you is know, the team's going through with six now. I know, seven. but um, yeah, that that night was uh, again. It's one of those great European nights. You right. know. Juventus in town and you know Trezeguet Lippi's the manager you know all these great players and then the crowd has been starved of seeing this quality of of team coming to Celtic Park and us competing with them and then we go and beat them Moravchik was unbelievable that night so he scored an unbelievable volley Henrik did his thing um, Trezeguet did his thing yeah. you know he was a fabulous player he was yeah. but again that's where you want Celtic to be you know competing on that stage because we all crave it. Yeah. What was you're, just, you're mentioning some of those players there, and I just I always say this, but it just uh, brings such joy thinking yeah. about these wonderful players that played for us in that era. You mentioned Lubo, obviously. Talk about Lubo Ibrooks. What was what was he like, like day to day? Oh, he was a joy. Was he absolutely joy? Yeah. Was he the same in training as he was? Yeah. On the pitch. My first day of training was at Barfield, and it was eleven o'clock in the morning, and I had to put the floodlights on because it was like. <laughs> The first week of December, right. and it's snowing, and I'm saying to myself, "What have I come to here?" Right? <laughs> and then after training, once once you've trained with them a lot, you realise this is why I'm here. Yeah. He turned me inside out and outside in, because he was so good with uh, both feet, yeah. Yeah. and he'd pretend to go and cross it, and you go to block it, and he'd check back. But sometimes you'd give yourself enough to balance yourself to go back, and then you go to cross it, and you go that way, and he he check back again, and he'd be away, and you're like that. <laughs> Nobody ever done that to me, like, you know what I mean? And then he had dynamite in both feet, you know, with his shots. He scored a goal at Easter Road one day. Oh, with left foot. Do you remember yeah. it? With, yeah. a, with arguably one of the finest Celtic kits Kets, ever. The, the, the white, white one. With white the green, green. Yeah. brilliant. What yeah. a jersey. What's what a goal? goal that was? Because I was screaming at him to pass it to me. And I'm like, Lubo, Lubo, get me. Oh, what a goal. <laughs> you know, it was one of <laughs> them. driven it in pretty much left. It's like, right, a, it's yeah, like yeah. A, I don't know if you ever see, like, somebody hitting a five iron, it just goes like that. Whoosh, oh, and the goalkeeper just, no chance. Mm-hmm. But you think of this little guy, what, the power. Yeah. And he could take corners with both feet. So he took a corner from that side, an in-swinger. Then he go and do it from that side. Score from them. Left foot, you know, <laughs> I remember him free kick he scored against Motherwell. Andy Gorm was in goal and he was saving everything. The next thing, the wee man steps up and bump top corner. So yeah, he was he was a joy, and he was a great guy to be around. I never very I never seen him lose his temper. No, you know, he just loved playing football, and uh, he was great for us. You know, the only disappointment for him was in the the first year that we won the treble, he got injured in the cup final, um, and had to come off. But I I I didn't know much about him until I come up here, like you know, and uh, yeah, he was class to play with. He's one of the best number 10s I've seen yeah we're going to kind of keep running through some of the the seasons Neil and of course after that first year in the Champions League it's in the 2002-2003 season which started with some disappointment wasn't it Basel but then ended in Seville what comes to your mind just when you think of that season there's so many memories there's so many amazing games but what sticks out to you 
Well, for a start, we were rock bottom off the Basel, you know, because um, the expectation would built, and you're thinking it's it's so funny when you look at how you felt then to where we ended up. Football can take you some places that you don't expect, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a great sort of learning experience as well. Um, sort of like every round after Seduva, we were the underdog as well until we got to the semi final. Um, we were favourites against Boa Vista, and they were the hardest team to beat. Believe it yeah. or not. Um, obviously Blackburn that kicked it off and uh, it was a, they were a really good side I mean they had York Cole Damien Duff you know uh, Brad Friedel mm. uh, at the time they came to play at us they were third they just beat Arsenal at the old Haybury and um, they were a great good team and we, they were the better team here but we we managed to win it 1-0 and then of course you had the old uh, men against boys quote <laughs> which was just like manna from heaven, like yeah. for Martin, you know what Did I mean? Did you use just that, yeah? Stuck it up on the wall and there you go. And then i I got to tell you this, guys, and this is, again, Celtic going to England, Blackburn couldn't handle our fans. Yeah, right behind the goal. Like, it's a, a little northern town, right, with a lovely stadium and that, like, you know what I mean? But there was thousands, you know, it was like a pilgrimage. Yeah. And they'd never seen anything like it. The, the place was packed out. And, of course, again... Pockets here, massive mm-hmm. behind the goal, but just green and white. And you remember the yellow kit we wore oh, as yeah. well? Pockets of that. And of course, we got off to a great start in the game. You know, Henrik capitalised on, I think somebody slipped and he just dinks it over Brad Friedel. Was it Hatson and the defender slipped yeah. together? And then, Is that what it was? Uh, yeah. yeah. It was, it was, when you look it back, it's, it's like weird. A mirror image almost. It's almost like the defender sort of mirrors what John yeah. Hatson does, <laughs> slips and then. Henrik one on one. There's only going to be yeah, there's and only then one thing that happens. We battered him. You yeah. know, like, we were a really professional performance and so he got the second one, I think. And it was just a a brilliant feeling. Like and then that, that gives you that little you know, the juices start flowing then. We're on to something here again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean some tough games. Celta Vigo were a tough team. You know, they were uh home and away, they were we had to rely on Big John to he scored a great goal in Vigo. That was a really tough one. Stuckyard we were well clear. We're two 0 up away, and that was like five one on aggregate. So, and Didi had run a mock that night as well. But obviously, the next one's the Liverpool one, yeah. which is another standout occasion. Like you know, and uh, played well here, one each. Um, again, totally written off. You know, Battle of Britain, England v Scotland. There's only one winner, and um, Martin did a team talk that night that had us really bouncing out the door and again we played fantastically well and in the end could have won it by more mm-hmm. and then again it's that statement you know this is Celtic all the English media all of a sudden are going well they're a really good team Yeah, do you know what I mean they're really good they've just beaten Liverpool convincingly and that hasn't happened for a long long time a Scottish team beating one of the top English teams and uh, of course you can imagine again the ramifications with the, the fans and the feel-good factor starting to build, like, you know. And then, of course, we get the Seville through really two tough games against uh, Boa Vista. But, of course, the, then there's the humour. Because then we'll come back from Boa Vista and we're playing Rangers on the on the Sunday. I don't know if you boys will be old enough to Beach remember Beach Ball yeah, Sunday. <laughs> but some of the scenes there, boys, like, you know, you know the roundabout at Ibrox? Yeah. There's a guy plonked right in the middle. Right, on a deck chair <laughs> with a vest and an outer handkerchief, right? And the bus is swinging around and he's just there with a scarf around and waving at us. Like, <laughs> then you see guys walking up with crocodiles and like 
women in bikinis and just <laughs> and we ended up winning that one as well yeah. you know yeah. it was just awesome they're like glory days aren't they even reflecting on that I mean, the, but it, it, it's just it was fun the fans loved it because they got their pride back on the on the big stage you know yeah. what I mean Martin and the the players and that, I was proud to be part of we've given a lot of joy back to because we've suffered for mm-hmm. you know a good sort of 20 odd years yeah. like you know and now we're back on the big stage and you can see what it meant to so many people Harry, just to finish off on, um, we've got some quick fire questions, if that's okay with you. All about your playing career. Good. If that's okay, I've got these. I'll try. Here. And as we said at the start, it was a. There's no wrong or right answers here. No, exactly. So it's all. In fact, it's all right because I'm right. <laughs> Always right, exactly. Um, first off, um, best player you played alongside? David Batty. Yeah? Okay. Why David Batty out of everybody? Because, again, he was a thinking player. He was the, the first kind of holding midfielder back in the day where now the holding midfielder is one of the key roles in football. And they go for £115 million after a year. Yeah. <laughs> he was a player that played the game very simple, yeah. done his job. Like, he was the perfect, uh, for me, front line of the back four where he just did his role. He was tough. He was strong. He was aggressive. And he just gave me the ball. Mm, yeah, Premier League winner as well, wasn't he? Yes. Was Blackburn, yeah. I was going, my next question was going to be the most underrated player, but do you think he would maybe fall into nope. that category? No chance. No? No chance. Most underrated player. I, can't, I don't know why I'm about to say this player, because he's a European winner as well, was Steve Finnan. Yeah, okay. Uh, one of me, one of the greatest right-backs I've ever seen Yeah. played the game. Again, I suppose it's because of maybe how he grew up and where he played in every like league to get to where he got to. Maybe he he went unnoticed. But for me, he was one of the calmest players on the ball where you could give him a ball and there's the winger on him and plus a, a, a striker closing him down and he would be simple. He'd keep it simple and move. He had a great cross. He was strong. He was powerful. Um, but yeah, he was one of the most comfortable people on the ball that I ever played with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good shout. Um, best player you played, it could be either against in terms of a, a fullback or shared a pitch with. I mean, lots yeah, of great ones. Yeah, yeah, I mean, look, you're, you're talking about, I mean, Do I just national, national, national team. <laughs> I mean, you, you, Zidane was probably one of the best, but I have to say, you know, to, to have played the pitch when, you know, with Arsenal, you know, Terry Henry was a, was a fantastic player. Robert Perez was incredible. Um, so, for me, look, even Paul Scholes, you'd have to say, you know, to it was always tough going against him because he never really had an off day. So, I'd have to probably yeah. say Paul Scholes. Okay. Most hostile atmosphere you ever played in? None. None. No. I, 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 I never understood people go, oh my God, this is, this is scary. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's scary? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you're playing on a green pitch, right, with 11 men. Okay, the, the stadium's changed, right? Okay, there's, there's people cheering or people shouting and all that. I, I, never, I never understood when people, oh, this is a bit scary, this. How? Would that, get, would that be the opposite I, to you? I, I just think, look, again, you're going out there doesn't matter if you're home or away, you should be playing the way that you train, which is perfect. And it doesn't matter 
what kind of atmosphere there is. I mean, the most I played in was what 128,000 when we qualified. Well, we were playing Iran back in '97. Right. And that was like like you'd look at it and I remember going like players were going. Ooh. I was like, wow, <laughs> look at this. This is amazing. Give me the ball. Let me show you. Let me show you what I can do. I I I know. I've never been scared of anywhere. Okay. Okay. Good. Um, who would you say is the most famous person you've got in your phone book? My wife. Your w- <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. My wife. Do you not uh, fancy coming up for a wee job in like River City or something up here? <laughs> <when they're> so- <laughs> um, oh, look, my, 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 my phone's... Look, I have, I have one or two, but yeah. I, recently I have to say, probably Sonny Federa. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've just recently met him, which is absolutely a top bloke, so yeah. No, um, reading the story before us as well. Nicky Byrne, did you share from Wesley? Did you share a flat with him? Or, or I well, we I shared not a uh, shared a house. A house, okay. Uh, we were we were um, young YTSs. Uh, he was in another room and I was in another room, and obviously we were very much together because a lot of people went home on the weekends, but me and him didn't. So we were like best friends, but like we were like brothers. Like we would be best friends, and all of a sudden we'd be fighting. The next minute we'd be best friends again, and then we'd be fighting. <laughs> Um, but yes, I, uh, so this was at Leeds. Yeah, this was at Leeds. Um, was he just another room practicing his guitar? And <laughs> no, he was never practicing. He was always singing though. Was he? He was always singing. He was and always, thinking, always singing and dancing. And we always used to say to him, you know, why don't you, why don't you just go and like sing in a band? Like you should actually go sing in a band and like, Lo and behold, he left and <laughs> went and sang in one of the greatest bands ever. So if Wesley were ever coming in and I'm needing tickets, then I know I'm coming to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, final question, um, how many beers did you have after the Champions League final in 2005? <laughs> so I had actually none. Really? I snapped my groin, don't forget. Of course, you were finishing. Yeah, the so I wasn't in the, in the party mood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. To, and, and again, people always go, oh my God, it's amazing. And, and like I said, it's, I always have two sides of this. And I, 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 talk, I tell my individual side and then I tell about what it is to play in a team. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's not about yourself, it's about your team. And, you know, I, I did what I can to celebrate with them, but like, as a, on, a, on a personal note, it was one of the hardest nights because it's probably one of the biggest games an Australian can ever play in. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, hopefully we could get to a World Cup final, but other than that, it's a, it's a European Cup final. And, you know, for my, my groin to snap in that game, it was, it was painful. And, you know, knowing I was going in for surgery the next day, you know, it was tough. It was a tough one to take. Yeah. Um, but, like I said, it's not about me. You know, it's this is why you're playing a team sport because your teammates get you through it. Yeah. Well, flip that actually then. How many beers did you have after the Scottish Cup final? I've got to travel. None, because you can't have any while you're driving up you're, there. You're so I have to You can wait. have it now. You're fine. <laughs> We've got, obviously, Kelly and Sheridan here, so we're going to have a little look back on your Celtic career, Kelly, and, and some of the other parts of your, your journey in football. Matt? Yes. Kelly and Celtic career. Came here as a, a youth player from Ireland. What what do we remember about Kelly and Celtic career? Kelly and you have your own section in the stats book. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Can't wait to hear what this. What a place to have uh, your own section. So, 12 first-team appearances uh, for Celtic. Four goals. Now, we're having a little look back at sort of your debut and your Champions League debut and so on. So, as we mentioned earlier, um, your 
first team debut came away to Inverness in the Scottish Cup quarter final in February 2007. Have you got many memories of, of that game itself? I know earlier we were touching on, do you remember any late winners? And <coughs> conveniently, you didn't remember uh, that, that, that <laughs> game. <laughs> I think for, for fans that probably don't remember that game to, to begin with, it was you came off the bench. Was the score at 1 0 at that time to Inverness? Yeah. Um, I came on. <laughs> I came on, changed the game pretty yeah, much. Yeah. Won, won the game. <laughs> Celtic went on to win the Scottish Cup that year. All thanks to me, basically. <laughs> that's all you need to know. That's <laughs> it. Maybe we can move on. That's it. Thank that's you it. for listening. No. <laughs> um, um, no, I came on losing 1 0. We had a corner. We scored pretty late. Uh, Stephen Presley scored. Yeah. Um, and then I set up Kenny Miller for a winner, last minute winner. And then literally the only thing I remember from it is I'm sure I had a bit, I had, had a bit of a black eye. I think I played in a youth team game and got a, a black eye. Uh, so like in photos back then, I used to get all my kid extra large. And yeah. I'm a large now, like so I wasn't an extra large back then. And so, like, looking back on photos of it, there's just this big <laughs> baggy jersey on me where I look kind of sick. I look <laughs> ill, like I'm pale, black eye. Uh, and I remember after the game in the dressing room, Neil Lennon, like, saying how like how good I'd done. Yeah. And that was, like, one of the, like, real memories I, c- I can have It must have been it. a wonderful feeling, though, coming off the pitch and... Someone of the stature of Neil Lennon saying that to you yeah. and won the game. Um, looking at some more of these uh, moments from your career, your first start came in November 2008, which was a 4-2 win over Hibernian, and you scored in that game. Um, describe what that feels like, scoring for, for Celtic. It's a hard thing to describe. It's like I, I remember my celebration from it is just like, I've just like done the weirdest, like, fist pump in the air and it was more like just the like yes I've scored for Celtic yeah. kind of thing it wasn't like sheer joy or or like is it almost crazy a, a relief to it it's like borderline relief relief and like happiness yeah. that like mm. yes like I've, I've just scored because I was the I kind of was always confident if I started mm-hmm. I could score Um and I just kind of, yeah, like once it happened, I was, I can remember the goal like vividly. As soon as I went past the keeper, I was kind of like, I'm scoring here. This right. is a goal. So like, it was nice to be able to know, or probably then like have the blind confidence to be like, yeah. this is definitely going in. <laughs> um, so it was, yeah, just like it was almost like a, you do you did say relief, but it's, it, it is a hard one to describe. My, my celebration is kind of, Explain it better. <laughs> I can imagine it must be anybody's dream, though, isn't it, to score for Celtic and think. I mean, maybe you could overthink these things of that'll be my celebration or I'll run to this part of the stadium or whatever. But I bet in the moment it just it just gets yeah. away from you. No, I've, to be fair, I've never been one to have planned celebrations. Don't know once or twice, and then what did you go for? It was, it was when I was on loan at St Johnson, and I done a. I remember planking was all the rage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just and lying s- face down and something. I scored and just lay face down <laughs> on the ground. And then I think it was just that one, actually. Yeah. Maybe there's another one. Very innovative. Aye, ah, definitely. Yeah. And topical as well. At the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, October 2008, um, you came on 
in the Champions League at Old Trafford. We were talking earlier on a little bit about that. As a football player, that's what it's all about, isn't it? You want to be playing in the best arenas in the game and Old Trafford, surely one of those. Yeah, it was the probably similar to the cup game because they were losing. <laughs> so you're losing 3-0 and you thought, right, how can I get this back? Killian, <laughs> warm up, on you go, save us. Um, but no, it was... At, I don't know if you have when I came on or anything, but it was maybe like the last 10, 15 minutes or something. Yeah, I think I looked into it earlier, about 15 ago. Yeah, the game was done and I think he was, Gordon Strachan was just giving me a chance to like play in a game like that, yeah. in a stadium like that. Uh, and I just remember how good the United players were, hmm. like Rooney, Tevez, Johnny Evans was playing then. He cruyffed me in the box. Yeah. That's like, that's, back that's literally, I've, I know. It's <laughs> mental. Do you think that made it on his highlights reel, the Cruyff? Do you know, yeah. Maybe he put that into his video highlights when he went back to Man U to say like, look, you know what I can do, you know, uh, sign me again. But he's, that Burnley game recently, yeah. he scored a goal which got chalked off and then he played like this unbelievable ball in for Bruno Fernandes. So, should he still got it? I wonder if he's ever... Cruyff turned anybody else throughout his career attempted to or if he just won and out you know done mm. one Cruyff turn and that's it yeah you know? I wouldn't even attempt a Cruyff turn so nah. fair play to him for even trying it but definitely <laughs> um, so, as, as we're just sort of moving on talking about your career and stuff like that as well there uh, Killian you know we've touched on your memories of, of, of those games and those big moments I guess for you but what are your sort of memories in terms of your time coming through breaking into the first team making that transition from the youth levels to the first team you know des describe what that was like that journey it it all happened quite fast it was like I came over without really any expectations and then hit the ground running my first season in the youth team and then like within my first season to have made my debut I never would have imagined it um, and probably like when I first came over if people saw me the first few weeks there's an, and you told them by the end of the season he'll have made his debut there's no way anyone would have believed Did you, you think you would have made your debut I was, when season? I came over I was raw because <laughs> I'd never had like academy football or yeah. upbringing so it's just a totally different world to to what I'd been been playing like yeah. no not to shoot down what I was doing before back home but it was just it was so different mm. to to like the trainings and stuff and like even doing like little possession boxes and then for me to go up and I remember like doing possession boxes up with the first team that they do just as a warm-up like a little fun exercise and so for me it was like it it was like a run I'd need to do a cool down after because <laughs> I was just always be in the middle I couldn't yeah. Gordon Strachan would take part in them, like would never give it away. And I remember like coming away thinking, how's how's he do that? Like how's he, like at that age, still so good in in like, yeah. he's still doing part of the training that that I should be doing or like that I should be good at. Yeah. Um, I've got better at it now, by the way. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, just for all those clubs yeah, out there, that yeah. potentially you are better. Um, now, yeah. But it was a, uh, no, like it just went so fast. The, I was lucky that I, I hit the ground running once I got going in the U team. I had a really good scoring record my first season. Got into the first team. Um, 
and then I just enjoyed the whole time. Like mm. there was never, I never had any hard times or was never homesick. Everyone in the, the youth team got on with like, it was just everything went as good as it could have went. Really.